You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Daryl Sutter is the most hated man in Calgary <laughs> podcast. podcast. All right, uh, what a fucking game! Um, cool. Look, last time we recorded, it was right before wrapping up the road trip in Nashville. Not a great game to watch as a fan. Pretty uninspiring. Similar to lots of hockey we've we've had to watch frustratingly as fans. They come home, lay a stinker against the Avs. It's turmoil. It's bedlam. And then they have a response game like that against the Bolts. And basically dominate one of the best teams in the league. Uh, with a pretty convincing win, and everybody pitching in, Lucic fighting, Dubé sniping, power plays pitching in. What a fucking the penalty game. kill was unbelievable. Oh, a masterpiece! The penalty kill is a masterpiece. The big story afterwards, obviously, and I hey, the big story going into the game is people are up in arms. They want Daryl Sutter fired. Going into the game. So now there's more fuel for for whoever. If people want Daryl Sutter fired, now there's more fuel because he, he basically makes a pretty pretty uh, disrespectful comment to, well, we'll get into it. We'll break it down towards Jacob, about Jacob Peltry, towards the media. I think personally watching it, because here's the thing. And I guess, do you have the quote, the original quote from Eric, in case someone hasn't, in case someone's living under a rock and doesn't go well, on social media? Here's the thing. Eric tweets it in a very sensationalized manner, as he does. Yeah. And well, if that's, you, that's the thing, because you send that to me first. I'm like, holy fuck, that's a pretty dick thing to say. Yeah. Then, I, then I go and watch the video. And I watch the video and I, well, yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't necessarily think he intentionally tried to rip Peltier. He has a different motive in mind. It just didn't come out perfectly. But what did Eric originally tweet? So the original tweet from Eric, and it was, and like, man, Eric is such a loser. I swear to God. And everybody's clapping for him and patting his ass today because he wrote some stupid hit piece about Daryl this morning, which was ridiculous, I thought. But the original tweet was, let me pull it up here. Daryl Sutter just can't bring himself to buy into the city's excitement over Jacob Pelche's debut. Asked what he thought of his game. He asked what number he was, grabbed the game sheet, and read his stats. 21 years of age. He's got a long way to go. Unquote. Wow. So then you go watch the video. I don't know. It kind of looked like he had it planned. Like that was going to be his his plan was to put his glasses on and ask the number. <laughs> Personally. And I don't necessarily think he's he's trying to intentionally 
you know, put Pelche down. I don't think that's his intention behind this whole thing. I think his intention is to keep owning the media. I don't think he likes the media. He doesn't and will like it, right? Why would you? I mean, some are better than others, but some are just terrible. Well, here's the thing. And everyone's like, oh, even if he is trying to troll the media, yeah, that's so disrespectful. It's like, okay, well, ooh, disrespect. Ooh. Like, I think we're all a little too uh, taking this a little too seriously, people. Well, here's my other thing is like, if this works, if it ends up working, it works. Right? If it gets results, then I think we're all happier. Well, I think, yeah. I think the thing that triggered everybody was the what's his number? Because like, this would have been an opportunity. The message is clear to me. And if you are paying attention, is like, stop fucking asking me about these like individual stop players, trying right? to coach my team exactly i'm trying to coach my team. like we just beat lineup. we just beat the tampa bay lightning the best one of the best teams in the entire league have played our best game in a must-win game and like the first thing you guys are doing is asking me about one player who played like six minutes so it everybody is already like on super high alert with this daryl hates kids things so then when he says oh what number is he which in the con he probably shouldn't have said that but if you look at the video it was pretty clear he was just trying to get and it's funny the media kind of just go they, they don't really pick up on the trolling as it's happening in real time because Daryl's like, Well, what number is he? And they're like 49, like as if he doesn't know. Well, my thing is like maybe he didn't know. So he was doing that to look through the he had the when you get a game sheet, players are lift listed in order of their number. So he well, just had yeah. the game sheet in front of him was like, Oh, what number is he? Right? Like He's not saying that like, oh, I I didn't notice him. What number? Like, he's not saying it in that disparaging way. He probably shouldn't have said that, but that's what triggered most people probably. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, we did a, a, one of those Twitter spaces not too long ago, and, and Selim came on, and he, he spoke from first hand. Ryan Leslie spoke from first hand. I mean, look, Ryan Leslie is one of the most likable media people probably of all time. And even he gets in, even Daryl got into it with him. And Leslie just doesn't even want to ask him questions. It's, that's kind of the vibe I got. Well, here, we yeah. Had, here, we here. had Leslie on. Yeah. But like, part this is all part of Daryl's strategic. And I I don't understand it fully. How would I? I don't live inside his brain. I don't, I don't know exactly what he's trying to do at all times. I think half the time he's just frustrated. But we've seen this a thousand times before where Part of his strategy is to instantly nullify what you had to ask or say. Like, it didn't matter. And he just did it again. And I, I agree. It came across as really disrespectful to the player, to the individual. I think it was a bit of a mistake on how he got that out. But if I'm if I'm really analyzing this, and I'm trying to do it from a really unbiased spot, and Daryl's been – been, I've been frustrated with Daryl. The young, the whole young guy thing is frustrating to me too. It helps when you're winning. It doesn't help when you're losing, because you don't want the same results. You want to see changes, and then you think, "Oh, maybe this, maybe one of the young guys will help." Fuck, Walker Dewar looked great in his in his first two games. Keep him in the lineup. How about another young guy? Pelche looked awesome in the first in the first period. Didn't play much in the second. But if I'm really breaking it down, looking at it. Trying to be unbiased, I th- I honestly think he's trying to do the instant nullification thing, 
and maybe he didn't actually know his number. Because after all the bedlam started, and it's like everybody's freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is bad luck. Blah, blah blah. I'm like, shit, what number is he? I guessed 43. Like I don't, I didn't know the fucking number. So if his tactic was to instant nullify by reading off the game staff and saying, there, that's that's how his debut was. What more do you want me to say? Then he would need to look up the number, right? <laughs> but it looked bad. I think he made a mistake. We'll see what happens. The thing that we always hear is that Daryl actually values and puts a lot of effort into building relationships with the players. So like you said on, on your stories, he was talking up Pelche's game earlier in the week. I don't know if he goes to Pelche after the game and says something. I don't know. But I do think it's blown way out of proportion by the media and the fan base. And we'll just have to see how it all well, how it all filters out. Well, the media reaction to me is pretty pathetic. Like, if you want to react that way as a fan, that's fine by me. I'm as a person who uh, has. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we've spent a lot of time uh, kind of like being like, why aren't people more mad about like you know like the complacency with the team over the last however many years? And it's like now people are really mad, and now I'm just kind of like, whoa, too much. Maybe calm down. It's come full circle. But I think the media part of this is just ridiculous. Like, it's interesting that Daryl openly mocks them. And then their response is to completely rip him, right? Like, whether or not they are oblivious to the fact he was goofing on them or not, the fact they took this Pelche thing and kind of ran with it. Like, Francis's article today is just ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, read that. Read that the freaking headline is like, Daryl Sutter made a mockery of Jacob Pelche's debut, and it wasn't just bad leadership. It lacked human decency. Dude, come on. Like, okay. oh, my. That's a read. Eric, dude. And also, you're the last person who should be lecturing people on human decency. Oh, yeah, TJ Brody, not going to go to the World Championships. You blatantly called him weak because, you know, he didn't go because his wife was sick, but you, you ripped on him anyway. So just ridiculous. So I think the fan reaction to me is more – there's a lot of people who don't like Daryl and any opportunity that arises, not any opportunity, but anything that he does to me, it's less about Pelche and more about people taking opportunities to rip Daryl when, you know, and he gives you something that you can easily rip on. Right. But I, I, I think it's more people trying to express their hatred for, for Daryl more than they're actually upset about what he said. I don't know. I think it's just been like blown out of proportion. And when the media is doing it, it pisses me off. If you're a fan, you want to blow stuff out of proportion, go for it. You're a professional hockey writer writing shit like that in a Sportsnet article. Give me a break, dude. Well, it's interesting, though, because. And I don't know if it's intentional on Daryl's part or not, but Daryl has created tension between himself and the media and there is this sense of like him versus the media and this is just next level now right this is an all this is like almost an all-out war that that headline that eric francis writes <laughs> i don't know if i want to be going to war with daryl sutter big mistake eric eric bro well and you know what i got a bit more of a little bit of a gripe because like i think I think Daryl is acutely aware because he says this all the time, right? Like they'll ask him stuff and he'll be like, guys, you asked me the same shit two years ago when I got here, right? And 
he's acutely aware of how this team has kind of been reported on and and written about, you know, over the last few years. So I think he he knows their kind of view and their their how they write about and talk about things. Um, so like I don't see why he wouldn't rip on them from time to time. But I think something that bothers me is that these guys like, and I think this is probably bothersome of Daryl too, but like they're not like they're not really doing journalism, right? Like it's kind of like this TMZ, like Hollywood reporter, Daryl Sutter said this reporting. It's like, okay, Eric, or other people, if you actually cared about Jacob Pelche's debut as much as you claim to, like, why aren't you writing? Like, there's not really any hockey writing, like an old Eric Dachik going on. It's just like, they come in and they ask these questions and then their story is, here's the thing Daryl Sutter said that was so mean. That's the story. It's not, a story that you come up with an idea for and try to pick Daryl's brain about and work those things into your story about Jacob Pelche's debut. It's Daryl Sutter mean headline, which gets a lot of clicks. It seems to be working, but it's just really lazy reporting in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you really step back and look at it, I think it's a, it's a chain of events that leads to this, right? Like you said, for weeks now, and we've been part of it. The fan base has been part of it. We're clamoring for, to see some young guys. Right, we're sick of seeing Lucic in the top six. We're sick of the same results. We're sick of fucking Huberto sucking. We're sick of this. <laughs> we're sick of that. And that's how fans operate. And that's just part of being a fan. So at the end of the day, obviously, it's the coach's decision. But now the media is, is and I, I, I don't know, I think it's kind of a good thing. that The media is obviously listen, listening to the fans. And now they're gearing questions that the fan base has the desires the fan base has towards the coach but i do want to ask you like because i think it's been a build-up right like you said the last three four weeks since phillips since the whole phillips thing right because it was and that's i guess going back even longer than a few weeks but everybody's clamoring for phillips where the fuck like let's see this guy he's leading the the league he's scoring all the old overtime winners and game winning goals pretty much on a nightly basis it was a goal game so he's playing unbelievable hockey. Let's see him. And then the whole thing, remember the whole thing, like he didn't start the first game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's been going on for a while. And I think if you're looking at the whole perspective, why did this happen last night is, you know, we all know Daryl's stubborn, right? And you got to take it for what it is, right? There's sometimes being stubborn can help you in ways. Sometimes it work gets you in ways. So I think at the end of the day, if, this leads to results, which we will have to wait and see. That's the unsaid, untold thing here is like, we don't even know what happened behind the scenes. Like maybe Daryl had a conversation with him afterwards, explained what happened. I, I don't know, but it's a, it's a total freak out. Right. So, but it's been a buildup and there's been a definitely this tension between him and the media. And I think it just got to a point where he wanted to, Continuous dominance over them, and I think he made a mistake with with the choice of words. Came out wrong, looked bad, but we don't know the after effects. Maybe maybe Pelletier takes it, uses it, becomes a better player because of it. Maybe it actually ends up strengthening the relationship in the end. I mean, have you ever been disrespectful to your mom? You ever been disrespectful for your, to your parents, to your brother, to your sister? Like, fuck, it happens all the time. Then you get through it, you get over it, 
you go, you move forward. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. My whole thing is like, we don't know the full story behind the scenes. And so we got to see how it plays out. Well, and I think maybe also in a broader context, like I, I imagine Daryl is aware of like the, because as much as we do want to see Phillips and Pelje, I, I think there is maybe a bit too much of the, uh, in the media and fandom of like, there's a quick fix out there and it involves a young player coming in and saving the day. Right. That's kind of been, yeah. you know, a, a pretty, uh, that that sentiment is out there, right? Like, oh, get the kid in, everything will be great. If Daryl just would stop being so stubborn and play Pelche and Phillips 15 minutes a night, everything was be everything would be great. And I, I'm sure Daryl's aware of that sentiment and doesn't like the thought of like a one, you know, just like a quick solution that the media and the fans are are always clamoring for. So I'm sure that played into it as well. So I agree. I agree with Daryl's overall sentiment, but I think he probably fumbled the ball and how he didn't need to be that sarcastic about it. <laughs> yeah. But people make mistakes, especially when there is. When, there <laughs> when is I watch it, I laugh because he's such an asshole. Yeah. There is, there is tension, right? Between him and, and, the, and the media, especially if it's been built up. You're way it's easier to make a mistake because you have that emotional charge to it. So I don't know. We'll see how, we'll see what happens. There's going to be backlash for sure. I mean, look at the article coming out today. Daryl's probably already seen it. We'll see how Dell responds well, next. And sorry, one other thing that I just want to say is like, I do find it. I kind of touched on this earlier, but like all the media guys are just like, I think going crazy about this, how he's so indecent as a human is so disrespectful. And it's just like, anytime you like go, there was, you mentioned it. He was talking about how much he likes Pelche's game. Like when they do ask good questions, you know, um, he's more than happy to explain those things or not even if they ask good questions, if, if they're, if he's in a good mood too, like we've, we've seen him get really like, go watch the, the presser from him earlier this week where he's talking about Pelche's game. They asked him a few questions and he gave really insightful and, um, I don't want to say like heartfelt remarks, but like just good, a good few words about Jacob Pelche and what a good player he is and, you know, things like that. So I think they should just, the media needs to get back to just like, not even get back to it. They need to stop asking these questions. They know we're going to get a response. You know, like, you know, that's Daryl's going to pull that shit. Like I, you could tell as soon as I, like you said, it's like he had it planned. It's like, he was waiting for it and he's going to rip you. Yeah. So I don't know, like Daryl, like I said, what's the intention, right? I don't know. Is it just because he has a dislike for them, or does he use the media as a as a way to manage his his team and? His well, and I'm sure he doesn't want all the focus to be on a 21 year old kid who, like, you know, is playing his first NHL game, and the fans think is going to be the savior, right? Like, I'm sure he's trying to manage that as well. Right. I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of things going on with this team, and you know, like. I don't think Daryl, I, I don't know if he's like protecting him or what, but I think he is trying to take a bit of pressure off a kid, right? Like, because I'm like I said before, I'm sure he knows the fan and he definitely knows the media are kind of prone to these quick solutions where they think a kid is going to come in and save the day when a guy who's won two Stanley Cups, no, that's probably not going to be the case. So 
I think it was a bit of deflecting. I think it was a bit of him being a dick. All of the above. Peltier's game, I thought was, I thought he had a really solid game, especially in the first period. He looked really good. He's he's speedy. Um, he looked like our fastest player. He was playing at a speed and a, and a quickness and a pace to his game that was nice. It was refreshing. I thought he moved the puck up the ice well. When he had the puck, he made good decisions. Kind of, he looked like he knew what he wanted to do before he had it. it. Was moving the puck up the ice. He had that unbelievable chance to score. It was the second NHL shift ever. Imagine if he would have scored. That would have been, been shades of Sven Berchi. Shades of Sven. Hopefully, see, see, maybe movie. that's what maybe that's what Daryl's doing, right? He remembers how Sven came. Remember, Sven came up, scored three goals in like five games. Everyone was like, "Savior!" And then he was, yeah, expectations too high. But I, he was this. The thing about the speed with Pelche, that's and he, he's a different player than Phillips. Where I think you kind of, I think you probably know what you're getting from you. You Phillips is what he is at this point, right? He's a guy with some skill who who's pretty nifty, but Pelche looked like he has he can add well, on yeah, to what he's yeah. doing. He looked there's a like there's he a cr- he cr- yeah tenacity right. He crushed yeah. that guy in the corner. He yeah, plays hard. He plays dude, fast. Dude, it's your first NHL game. You're a smaller dude, and you're fucking. It, it, Tampa's a big team, and this is the defending Stanley Cup champs. Well, not last year, but you know what I mean. And he's out there laying bodies. Like that was that was pretty impressive. He looked good. I don't see how he doesn't get another start against Columbus, even though they're a bigger team, quote unquote. But um, and I don't know if this this whole Daryl Sutter is now a, a bad human being has it has an effect <laughs> if if now he feels like he has to. I think he'll I think he will give Pelche another start. I mean, he likes to usually roll with a winning with a winning with a winning result. So if he doesn't like to really change the roster around too much. When, when the team's winning, I well, think I don't, gives, yeah, I don't think he has any problem leaving Rizicho for another game either. Well, well, Rizicho hasn't done much lately, yeah. All right, well, anything else on uh Pelche's game? I mean, he was he was leading the, the expected goals for, yeah. I think he finished the game with the uh, he only played like what six, six something minutes, but led the team and expected goals for, wasn't on the ice for a scoring chance against, pretty good. Yeah, I want to see some more. Yeah, he's the kind of guy who is like, yeah, I you can see like he made an impact in his small. Yeah, he left me wanting more. Exactly. Especially when he's like, I think the best way to put it is like his skill set is exactly what this team needs. Any final thoughts on the whole center fiasco moving forward? Oh, jeez. I can't wait for the next media availability. Hey, like, hey, is it, are you not entertained? This is fucking like wrestling. Sports. This is what it's supposed to be, sports. right? It's the whole dramatic wild world worldwide of fucking whatever I'm trying to say. Look, you know, we, you know, I love Daryl Sutter. I thought it was funny. I, I understand that people, because like, I understand because I used to get super triggered when Ward would say dumb stuff or like, coaches who I hate say dumb stuff. So I get it. I understand the sentiment of like when a guy you don't like, and you think is screwing up makes, says something that really pisses you off. I understand the, like, I hate this guy. I want him fired. He ruins everything response. So I get it, but geez, man, it's just like, it's been way overblown. 
I kind of look at it just, you know, someone like Matthew Kachuk, he plays on the line. Sometimes you go over it. But at the end of the day, it's the benefit to Matthew Kachuk in his game. You want him to keep doing that. Exactly. I think Daryl, same thing. But there's been too much angst. Um, there's too much of the fan base trying yeah. to tell him what to do. He doesn't if, like that. Yeah, he's if, pushing. Exactly. He's pushing back. And if you step back and look at the whole thing, you understand how it happened. And I honestly, I do think if he could go back and and choose a different wording, he probably would. And I, I think he made a bit of a mistake. It sounded worse than I think he intentionally intentionally wanted it to be. But my whole thing is like, that's not where the story ends. Like he, you know, he's. He's probably talked to Pelletier. He probably even talked to his parents. Like, I mean, that'd be my guess. So we don't know what happens behind the scenes. It's like there's always there's always more than one side to a story. So we don't we don't know. Right? I'm not going to listen to Eric fucking Francis and tell me tell me what's going on with the the coach and his relationship with with the player. Like that's that's not where I'm getting my info from. I'm trusting that Daryl has established himself as a guy that can build solid relationships with players and their families and. Yes, he is a dick. At times, he can be totally the opposite. At times, you never really know what you're going to get. That is the the thing that keeps me interested and intrigued because he's always saying something the opposite of what I'm expecting him to say. And I guess this was kind of I expected him to poo poo the the question. I he, obviously <laughs> it came out. He I think, shit shitted it. I I think it came yeah it came out a little wrong but yeah and I like you know, if my my thing is like let's just see how it plays out let's not all get up let's just not freak out and say this is the end of the world Daryl needs to be put in jail <laughs> and needs to be run out of run out of town because of this one comment the team played incredible last night that was that was, that was their best game of the year, of the year by far. that was the best game of the year by far so if. If that's a sign of where this team's at, because I think, and I mean, you listen, I was listening to the fan um, a little bit this week, and a lot of the a lot of the the media that was on the trip with, with the team, for whatever reason, everybody was just fucking dog tired by the end of those two games in the road trip, and then coming home, and so it's just like, okay, well, maybe we're putting too much stock in you know the results we saw on the ice in Nashville and getting absolutely dominated by Colorado. So if they come out and respond, I think the team kind of internally said, okay, we got two days to prepare and rest and, and get back to where we want to be. Let's see. Cause this was another litmus, litmus, litmus test, right? You had Colorado was a litmus test one that did not look good. Col- uh, Tampa is Colorado is a what the top five team in the last, they're fucking incredible team. It's the lightning. I don't think they even played bad. Like we were just fucking, we were ready to play. Yeah, and I I almost get a sense like as a, as a team, the players were like, "Let's see what we can do." This is a test, and fuck, that probably feels good coming out after that game as players. And so, let's just see what happens next, folks. Like, let's not freak out too hard here. It's fucking Eric Francis, but let's just see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, if. Play out if Pelche plays on Monday, I think you have your answer as to if he doesn't play, maybe you're a little concerned. If he plays, you're not that concerned about it. Yeah. Hey, and maybe maybe this will be the thing that who knows? Like I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like you never you never know. Like maybe Pelche becomes a mainstay at this point. 
who knows what's going to happen. You know, he looked good. He looks great. He looks better. Yeah. He looked more effective than Phillips did when he was here. He looked more effective than Zahorna for sure. Um, I thought Dewar, like you said, has been on as kind of flown under the radar with how kind of good he's been. So yeah, I think he's, he's made a case for another game at least. The other big uh, talking point debate has been the Vladar versus Markstrom. I don't, I, I personally feel more comfortable when Vladar starts. And I know there's been a big media pushback. They're all trying to say, oh, because the, the, I think the fans as a whole are like, give us more Vladar, give us less Markstrom, please. And every time Markstrom goes in net, it's a loss. Every time fucking Vladar goes in net, it's a win. So you can see why. And I think for some, I don't know, people, I guess the fans are throwing out a, a theory that the the players play better in front of Vladar. I don't I don't know if it really comes down to that, but I feel more comfortable right now when Vladar is in net. I don't feel confident in Markstrom. It is a weird I mean, thing, right? Like he makes a few saves in that Tampa in the first period that you're like, holy shit, Markstrom that it'd be one nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what the stats say, but maybe that's the difference is like Markstrom's letting his goals in early in the games and then plays better. And maybe it's different for Vladar. I don't know the exact stats, but it kind of feels that way. It almost feels like when Markstrom is net, you're always behind the eight ball. Yeah, well, and it's hard to flesh that out too because like the Colorado game is a good example. It's like, okay, you're, you're, you need a – man, oh, man. They, they played not very good in the first period. Dude, that was horrendous. It was pretty but, bad. But at the same time, it's like Colorado was, was lights out at the same time. Like but you look, yeah. But yeah, you look at like, game. like, was it the first goal? There's like two or three defensive zone giveaways by pretty much every Flames player on the ice being terrible, and um, it was on the the Lekkonen one timer goal, um, yeah, or the Rantanen one timer goal. Sorry, and it's like, okay, maybe Marshall should have had that, but there are so many bad plays leading up to that. That's kind of where it's like, I don't know. I still. I'm on the fence with with Markstrom. I think at this point you just give Vladar the starts because he's been winning. But I think I don't know. You you want Markstrom to make those saves, but it seems the team never seems to help him out. And like, when's the last time they scored six goals from Markstrom in a game? Right. The, but, the run the run sport hasn't necessarily been there. I mean, that's tough when you're getting down two or three nothing in in the first period all the time on the first three shots. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a mental thing. I don't know for sure, but I I don't know. Do you not feel more confident right now in Vladar? Oh yeah, absolutely. What are they? Eight zero and three in his last. Yeah, in his last starts, in his last 11, 12 starts. Yeah, I'm just looking up uh, while we're on the subject. Markstrom's lost it? four straight in his last. Oh man, in his last six, he's only won one game. Last night, Sutter set the franchise record. I don't know. Exactly oh, yes. He passed Badger. He passed Badger Bob, right? For the most winningest coach in franchise <clears throat> history. And he's like, I don't care. Isn't, but isn't that kind of ironic? <laughs> that on the night, Everyone's mad on, <laughs> on the night that he sets the franchise record that he's the best coach this franchise has ever had. Everybody wants him put in jail. <laughs> put in jail. Listen, you can dislike Daryl the person as much as you want, but you cannot honestly tell me that there is a <clears throat> coach 
you know, that has been able to squeeze more out of guys in his time in Calgary. Again, I always say this for everybody who hates there, like his three full seasons as, as a Flames coach. Oh, he only led them to a Stanley Cup final uh, division, two division titles in the second best year in team history. So you may not like him, but you can't argue with the W's. Well, people didn't like the Gaudreau comment when his... Well, I see. That's the other thing. I'm sorry to get... We'll go back to this. We'll get on track again. But it's like, that's where it's like with Francis with his fake outrage. It's like he was literally like foaming at the mouth every time Daryl would like say something disrespectful about Johnny Gaudreau, right? It's like the 500th game comment and Eric was just like lapping it up. Just like he couldn't control himself with how much he loved that shit. So... Your your fake outrage is not lost on me, Eric. Yeah, what do you say? I ho- hopefully his five hundred. <laughs> well, was that again? So they say, oh, Johnny Joe played five hundred games. He's going into his five hundredth game, and what a career! Yeah. And Daryl's like, oh, I hope he has more energy than he did in his four hundred ninety ninth. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing. Every a lot of times, the media is trying to pedestal players and they want the coach to get on this pedestal bandwagon and Daryl fucking hates that and I don't necessarily think it's because he's a dick maybe it's because he doesn't want it to go to players heads maybe he's trying to manage expectations like you said so he's all about the team he's all about the team yeah and that's why I'm super old school in that way it's team and that's it yeah and that's why I'm just like well we don't know if this is going to produce results might might have been worth it, so we'll see. But anyways, I just think it's funny that yeah, hidden amongst all this, on all this, the same exact night that all the every single media that I've seen, primarily on Twitter, has not has has freaked out about what Daryl said. Every, every well, single one of them. That's because he it was pointed at them, so they're all like wounded little animals trying to take the guise of, oh, he disrespected Pelche. Well, no, he was just disrespecting you guys. He maybe unintentionally disrespected Pelche, but you were the main target. Yeah. Oh, and... and good. Well, I was just going to say, like, um, here, here's the context. Like, sure, you don't like that quote from Sutter. People are like, get him fired. But, like, when they asked him about passing uh, Badger Bob in, in terms of his wins... He pretty much said, I don't care. We he he referenced the game seven in uh, Tampa. You just passed Badger Bob for the most victories in Flames franchise history. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, I'd like to win game seven in two thousand in the playoffs. So whatever year that was. It's the game against Tampa. I'd like to win that one. That's the guy you want leading your team, whether he says mean stuff or not. Because all he wants to do is win. Well, and that's the other thing, is like and I get it, the world is is changed. It's different than it was twenty years ago. I mean that's another that's another big gap for a lot of fans too with Daryl's age, but you know he was bred in the game when it was a lot different. Society was a lot different. The beliefs and the way people talked and thought about things was a lot different. But I think he has evolved, you know, over time. His his game of hockey, right? It has evolved. Like he's still. I mean, I was. Twitter's been crazy. And people, for the most part, are blaming the majority of any, you know, 
team lack of success and player lack of success directly on Daryl. He's becoming slowly but surely the problem in a lot of fans' eyes. I mean, there was one – I did a poll yesterday, and I said, who's the weakest link currently? I said 1,000 a thousand votes. So this is a this is a big sample size. Huberto, Markstrom, Sutter, or Lucic. I mean, I threw Lucic in there primarily because he's he's this great fucking leader, right? And but every after every fucking loss, you hear this thing. Oh yeah, we weren't prepared enough. Well, who the fuck's get who, if who is responsible, right? Is it not the leadership? Why are we always not prepared? So that's why I threw Leachich in there. Plus, he's been of an anchor with his contract and obviously holding back that second line. All right. Just a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just 5 bucks and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. If you want to go to a hockey game or any other sporting event this year, you can use our promo code in the dome pod over at SeatGeek to save 20 bucks off your first purchase. So there's a minimum purchase requirement. It has to be 50 bucks or more, and it has to be your first purchase on the account, and then you can use the promo code in the dome pod to save 20 bucks. So if you want some tickets to the Flames game or any other local sporting event or any event at all, just use that code for 20 bucks off in the dome pod. But the the results Hey, what was, do you mean Lucic made a sweet feed to Huberto last night that he flubbed? Lucic is look his is the best I've seen Lucic. Lucic looked like Huberto and Huberto looked like Lucic in that, on that play. Plus that fight. That's going to go a long way. Oh yeah. I'm 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 too far I, yeah, I gave him a little bit more of a – he's got a bigger leash with me now. Keep fighting. It's fucking awesome. There's something so satisfying about him watching him beat up on somebody, eh? Dude, that's like – and the excuse is like, oh, nobody wants to fight him. It's like, well, that's kind of stupid. Like, I wish – that was his first fight since the game against Nashville last year. More fighting. He should be fighting at least every other game. Do what Dennis Gilbert does. Why is Dennis Gilbert providing me doing your job? Why is it so satisfying watching fights? <laughs> Everyone loves fight. Anyone who pretends not to like fight, fighting is crazy. So the results. Here's, of- here's me during a fight. I'm like just like yeah, kill him, knock his head off, and then if somebody <laughs> does get their head knocked off, I'm like holy shit. Why is this legal out fighting? <laughs> All right. Here's here's the results of the poll. 14 percent of people said Huberto is the weakest link. 21 percent said Markstrom. 27 said Lucic. 38. This is a resounding. 38 yeah. says Sutter. Said Sutter don't is agree. the weakest link. I don't agree either, although I am. I do have my frustrations. I don't agree with everything he does. But like I said on this podcast before, we it's too early. We like give it more time. 
I mean, you just saw them play the best. That's a, That was encouraging, the game we saw last night. Can they build on it? Well, and the thing is, too, and I don't want to compare everything to, like, oh, last year or the year before. Like, I don't want to always do that comparison, but, like, it's not lost in me that, like, the exact same exact down to the T conversations, maybe not to this extent because he wasn't being such a dick to the media, but like when he came in in the bubble and they went 15 and 15 and like pretty much the exact conversations were happening. It was like, he's so old school. He's playing Richie all the time. Goudreau's dumping the puck in. Like this is never going to work. He's such a dinosaur. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. And then it worked. So first in the division, you just got it. Won your first playoff round yeah. in how many years? Right. And that's the other thing, too. And the guy that could never help this team win ever, yeah. Johnny Gaudreau, was all of a sudden great. Scores a fucking series winning goal in overtime. So I, you can't just throw all that away where it's like, oh, yeah, Sutter aided, like, okay, we're just going to forget that he, you know, for as much as he hates young guys, oh, he was the first guy to not bury Oliver Shillington. And Shillington had the best season of his life every single player on this team last year had the best season they've ever had in their career pretty much well so, even how about the fucking oh Gabranson he's Sutter's guy he's responsible for this fuck me Gabranson was unbelievable last season it was so good right so like guys like Mangiapane Dubé Rastus like Noah Hannafin actually finally like everybody's been telling me for years oh just wait Noah Hannafin he's still young he's gonna be good and I'm like yeah okay and then he was great last year under Daryl Sutter so just let the season play out, folks. I'm not saying I don't want to tell you how to be a fan. You can be as mad as you want whenever you want. Well, but... look, I am. I fucking I lose it all the fucking time. Same. When we're not winning, you should, like we've said this before, but the texts between you and me. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> we can't we can't post those publicly. No one would ever take us seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. We should we should stream those one day for a good laugh. Oh man, that would be something else. But you know, in this whole this little poll that I do, and Sutter's like, and it's building, it's building and it's building and it's building, and the young thing, the young guys is not helping the situation. And I don't, you know, I would like to see more of the young guys too. What I would like to see more than anything is the team fucking win. Exactly. So if what he's doing is going to lead to the team winning. And team success, especially in the playoffs, I'll take it whatever fucking way I have to. But that's always my point. Is like, dude, the reason why I bring that up, it's fucking funny. On the very night, he's <laughs> clamoring for firing this guy once and for all, and Twitter's in outrage. And there's people on there saying, "Oh, it's a, his systems are fucking holding this team back." Yeah, I mean, you look at look at their analytics in a lot of the categories. League wide, the league. They're one of the best teams in the league in like every category. So that's not necessarily true at all. Not even necessarily. It's just not true. And I get it. I'm right there with, with everybody. When we lose, I fucking can't stand it. And when there's a lackluster, when a little, what looks like a lackluster performance, when we lose, it's even worse. And I want, I want everybody's head, every single person. But at the end of the day, Ironically enough, the exact same night he put himself in a sole position as the most winningest coach in franchise history. And I think that just speaks so much as like that is the like the juxtaposition between what we're experiencing as fans and we and like I don't know, the average hockey IQ 
of the fan base is nowhere near what Daryl Sutter's hockey IQ is. And my hockey IQ is not even anywhere near Daryl Sutter's IQ. Yours isn't. Ours combined, I don't think is. So there's going to be a lot of things he does. It doesn't make sense. Like I said, I'll wait it out. I'll wait to see. I want to see how it plays out because you can't make a final analysis until you see what the final product is. And look, we know it's it's a long 82-game season. It is long. We've already experienced a lot of ups and downs, a lot. It's been a lot of downs. It's felt like three whole years combined so far. You know, this Huber thing baffles Huberdo thing still baffles me. But like I said, they're like we're only we're just basically just over halfway halfway through the season. So I don't know. We'll let's see how this thing plays out. Yeah, and the thing I always like this team hasn't made the playoffs in back to back years, if you don't count the bubble year. For like a decade, right? And yeah. this team hasn't made the playoffs three years in a row for almost a decade. Like I it just there's a there's a standard here that has just been like we we've gotten lost in this organization of just like it's just like you know like those Jeff Ward years were just like the epitome of it. But it's just like I, that's what Daryl wants to do is like at the end of the day just bring this team back to being not a fucking joke, right? And I know people yep. think, oh, comments like that make this team a joke, but it's like this team has pretty much been a joke for the last 10 years. So if they can make the playoffs in back-to-back years, I think that's a huge, <laughs> huge accomplishment. So the guy who's looking like he's going to be able to get us to do that, although Edmonton might completely fuck us, I, I wouldn't be rushing to fire him. No, and like you said, there's a lot of parallels from when he first took the job over. From player personnel, right? Well, yeah, and that's why I'm just wait. I'm like hesitant to like just even like I sure Huberto has been pissing me off, but it's just like I'm still always like, hey, this is the exact same word for word conversation everybody had about Johnny and Chuck and whoever when Daryl took over. That it would never work. And look, it's not working. They're so skilled, and he just wants them to play this style, and it'll never work. Like we had these exact, everyone had these exact same talking points. He's yeah. so old school. It'll never work. He hates young players. He'll never let Shillington play. Oh, Shillington's on the team. He's playing great. The entire team's playing great all of a sudden. So just, like, let's play this out, folks. Yeah, there's a lot of comments with with just that. Daryl system's holding them back. That's the reason why Huberto can't perform. Well, it's, just like, it's just like, dude, if you're a fucking 100-point guy and you're – Apparently you're you're an elite player. I have not seen anything elite from this guy all fucking season long. I still believe he's a great player, and he can only go up. How could you get worse? <laughs> so I think did you we'll eventually? What? Did you think he was gonna drop pass on that empty net breakaway last night? Because I did. Holy fuck it, eh? dude! You he wanted to so hard, eh? Huh? It was he. It was like he everything it took him everything he had to shoot that into the open net. He's like, man, I know, I know, I should do this. I know Kadri's behind me. I should just drop pass it to him. But good on him for doing it. Like, if 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 this season wasn't such a bust for him, he probably would have dropped that back. And I don't mind that at all. I like seeing that. But he, for sure, he did the right thing by by shooting that in. But you make the like, how are we so forgetful all of a sudden? Because losing is 
sucks so much. Is that yeah. why we're blinding? Yes. We're blinding? yes, losing sucks. We're blinding by losing, so we just forget that it took fucking thirty-five games for for Johnny and 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 Chucky to to figure it out under Daryl, and they're the fucking career years. So the exact same system that fucking Chucky and Johnny absolutely thrived under John, Jonathan Hubro can't. I don't buy it. I don't. Buy I don't know either. what his problem is. Like I said, he can only go up from here. He's obviously playing better than at some points we've seen this season. Maybe it's a new line mate. Like I don't even Belche. know. Hey, Belche. Hey, maybe. Maybe it's a new addition. Vancouver is tanking. Well, not tanking to the extent of Bedard tanking. Maybe they will. But I don't know what the salary cap looks like exactly, but you got to think that Bradtree Living will probably add as long as we're still sniffing around the playoff spot come trade deadline. Maybe that's the new line mate. You Obviously, it's one of those situations where it was like the Foley last year. You don't want to wait too long. You want to let them build up some chemistry because apparently – that's taking a long time to figure well, out. I don't know. The thing with Huberto is so weird because I don't know. I say this too much, but it's just like I, every time, every game I'm like, okay, this is the game, but it's like, he hasn't made a play this year that I've been like, wow, nice play. Like maybe one, but it's just like his impact on the overall game. Like just seems, I don't know if he's trying too hard. I don't know if he's just so uncomfortable not well, being in Florida. I don't know what the deal is, but and there's yeah, there's little details where it's just like you, he gets a pass with no one around him and fumbles it. Yeah, well, or like last he, night, right? Like Lucic makes an unreal between his legs pass to him in the slot, and he fumbles it. Like not pressured, not he just fumbles it, right? Like it's just plays like that. The keep happening. You we know that confidence. It's so huge for professional sports, for sports as a whole. Like, if you're not feeling confident, you have this little, you know, mentally you're you're always bringing yourself down. I wonder if it's just oh, it must it has to be between his ears. Like he's just like not making any plays. He just looks so fragile with the puck. But like, if you are a stud hockey player, you, he's going to figure it out. Like, it's just a matter of time if he if that's who he is. And I, I think that's who he is. Oh, I his. don't think you put up that many points in the league without being that, right? Did you see? Uh, was it Alan Walsh? That is. Yeah. Oh fuck, poor guy. <laughs> you know, Hubert must have saw this. <laughs> this is like this is the problem, right? It's like look at how. All right, for reference. Alan Walsh, which is Huberto's agent, tweeted last week, vote Huberto into the into the All-Star game. And the comments. You're asking for it, Alan. You're, the comments were horrendous, you guys. And I don't disagree necessarily because the guy is stunk. Why the fuck would he be in the All-Star game? He's having a terrible year. But it's the same people ripping these players publicly that – are up in arms when fucking Daryl says, says something about right. So it's kind of funny that this is all just so dramatic, right? Daryl's a terrible human being, but like you going on social media and like absolutely lambasting Milan Lucic for t- two years straight every single day, saying what an absolute piece of shit this guy is. That's fine. <laughs> You're a good person. So poor guy, I think he's going to figure it out at some point. Like honestly, do. He's playing with Kyrie. I don't know. Those two don't really have. 
I mean, Huberto hasn't had much chemistry with anybody. No, that's the thing. And Daryl said it, right? It's like we've played him everywhere. I, in my brain, I feel like Kadri is the best fit for him because the thing that has surprised me the most about Huberto is how little he carries the puck. I thought he was going to be like Johnny Gaudreau analog in that sense, where I was like, hey, you're just going to slide him in. He's going to handle – he's going to be carrying the puck up and down the ice every night. Nope. Yeah. Kadri does carry the puck, so I thought, hey, well, maybe there's a good – distributor for him but man he just doesn't seem to have any chemistry with anybody and it's not like i see some people saying oh he's making passes and guys aren't ready for them or guys are not there i haven't seen much of that maybe sometimes but it's it's kind of like remember when johnny was playing with richie for so long it was like or when monahan was terrible it's like johnny is literally setting you up on a platter monahan and he puts it in row six it's like we haven't really seen that it's just like we haven't seen a lot of anything yeah. Well, he made an unbelievable little drop pass to, to Kadri on that little thing that might have been offside. Was that in Dallas? Yeah, that was nice. That was a great play. But to your point, like I think what we're expecting is like if you're a, apparently a player of this high caliber, we want you to take over the games at points. And there hasn't been one shift yeah, all season long. Not one where you're like, holy fuck, he's taking over this fucking play, this game, this shift. He looks unbelievable. I mean, McKinnon comes to town. Yeah. That goal, uh, shift where he sets up the goal to, to Lekkinen, you're just like, holy fuck. That, what he did there, he did, like, he really hasn't, we haven't seen that once yeah, all season that, long. That's he's, what you, you haven't, you want to see plays like that from a $10.5 million player. He's made a few dish passes uh, that were nice that ended up in goals. But outside of that, man, like, he's, he's scored us, you know, uh, two or three big goals, the overtime winner. And, Florida and shortly after the breakaway. So, I mean, he's not like he's, I don't know. I mean, I think the expectations, again, you're going to be making 10 and a half mil. So the expectations are and should be high. Do you think, he's, I don't know, what do, what do you foresee? Hey, dude, it's hard for me to break down at this point because even though as I go like, okay, we did the same thing with Johnny Drow, like remember that happened and then all of a sudden he was great. I, I've said this a lot. It's like, I know I was so confident Johnny would figure it out because I watched him play for so long and I know what he was capable of with Huberto. Like, I'm not sure what to expect here. Like, I really I am think, not. I think if you really look at it, like so much hangs in the balance based on can this guy figure it out or not? If he figures it out, like we are in a, barely in a playoff spot, but still like if you put this in context, because that's the other thing I've kind of trying to people who are rallying against Daryl, this season has been so terrible. Flames is the first team in history to lose 200 point players in one off season. The team just lost their two best players. You take that in context and say, Hey, we're in a playoff race. That's pretty impressive. So if he has, if he's even like a notch level better or where he's supposed to be like we would be in a divisional playoff spot no problem so if and when he figures it out it's like this team is set so it's just kind of like hey figure it out so we can get going here and you've heard i think we've heard brad say this before where it's just like okay well we got to add a player that would take us to the next level what would take us to the next level is fucking huberto played like yeah he's actually good if he was putting up as many points as he put up last year we would be would oh, we fuck. not be the best, one of the best teams in the West? We would probably be what first or second place, easily. Probably not even a question. In the in the Pacific for sure. So I don't know. So much, so much of this team's success this season is dependent on him fucking figuring this shit out. But maybe, I mean, if you're looking at the game stats on a nightly basis, that line is terrible. They're like our worst line. 
Yeah, they've not? been getting they've been getting murdered. I mean, they've been scoring. They've been putting up points for sure. Kadri and Lucic and right, like, like that's a I big problem. Yeah, that's your that's our best two players, and they're they're losing the game score every single night. And I don't know. A lot of people will tell you that's Lucic dragging them down. I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but it can't be that much. Said more than I think it's Huberto more than anything, but yeah, maybe it is Lucic a bit. But maybe if you're Brad, do you try and try and add a player that will kickstart Huberto? Like you said, maybe it is Pelche. Maybe you gotta try it out. But uh, of all the Flames lines that have played 150 minutes together, the Huberto Cadre Lucic line is um been the worst in terms of expected goals for percentage, 48.6%. If he could snap out of it. Yeah, so I don't even to... it's it's sure weird, man. Is it the cold weather? Maybe if he maybe by March. Maybe in maybe May. That, maybe he'll, he'll be playoff. Yeah, he'll figure it out in playoffs. <sighs> All right. So in Nashville. Like I keep trying to break it down. I'm just like, I don't know. At this point, that's I, my I don't, that's I don't what know. I say about Hero. I, I don't know. I just I, know I don't I really don't believe it's Daryl is why Hero stinks. Well, and I saw I was talking to somebody the other day trying to break this down, and they were like, "Oh, well, it's Daryl's fault because he doesn't let Huberto play on the rush and be creative, and the Flames aren't generating anything off the rush." I mean, if you look at the numbers, the Flames are actually one of the teams who generates chances off the rush, well, shots <laughs> off the rush the most frequently in the NHL. It's like Jersey, Buffalo, Boston, Vegas, Calgary. So. I, I don't think that's the case, right? Like, it's not like Daryl saying, don't rush the puck up the ice. Don't do that. It's like, I'm sure there's some th- defensive things that Daryl is like implementing that maybe hinder Huberto's overall creativity, but not to this extent. I mean, the guy has, has the best defensive numbers, right? In his career, doesn't he? In his career, yeah. Oh. Well, you know that there was we've seen it. Like you're looking at the the most recent history, you've seen the adjustment period. Yeah, when Daryl so took over the first time. That's just what you have to keep remembering, I guess, and just hope that he can do the same, make the same adjustment. The adjustment had already happened. That's why it's getting frustrating because yeah, now now you're forty, it's like fifty games in almost. Like, come on, it, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't break it down. I don't know. I have no idea what's going on with him. No clue. Yeah. He just kind of stinks. That's all right. The Nashville game. um, I don't know, man. They had a chance to to really make that a solid road trip, but this has been, this has kind of been the MO of the team all season. This is why the frustration just never seems to be relieved. Um, You get a, Unbelievable win like you did against Tampa last night. You're feeling good for a few days, and then they just can't get traction. This was another case where just like they could have really put together an amazing road trip, even though they couldn't beat Chicago. Um, so you're hoping that and I guess they were close to fully kind of got robbed on the on the kicking goal called back. They played terrible though. And they did, right? But I guess. Like I mentioned, you know, the media and everybody said that everybody was just fucking gassed by the end of it. And that's the other thing, too. It's just like it's it's, it's a nice reminder every once in a while. Oh, yeah, right. They're not robots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. Traveling to play uh, traveling on a five game road trip where, you know, they, they came home with a four and a half hour flight. 
Dude, I flew to Calgary in fucking New Year's. <laughs> that shit took forever. Dude, it's I quick. stayed up past like midnight one night this week, and I've been I've been wiped all week. Like I was uh, driving to Vancouver, which is a four hour drive, four and a half hour drive from here, a few times. I'm like, next time I'm gonna fly. I fly. Flying is fucking stressful, dude. It's like almost even worse. So I don't know. It's a good reminder, like that these guys do deal with fatigue, right? I mean, they're playing at a high level every single night. They're and it, you know, it's a good reminder that you you're not gonna get performance wise the energy and the effort based on not because they don't want to win or because they can't win. But there are other factors at play. And then coming home, I don't know, like Daryl after the Colorado game, like they got they got fucking dominated by Colorado. Hard to hard to watch, right? When you're already frustrated from the Nashville effort. Daryl says those are one of those games where you almost prefer a nine two loss. You know, what was it four one? Four one they lost, yeah. And Say, yeah. Yeah, his whole point there is just like then you you realize you really gotta you know do things differently. But I think I think they they were able to use that as a way to move forward based on on the game last night against the Lightning. Yeah, you saw a definite shift. I think the Abs game was a uh, kick in the balls to these guys for sure. I was like, fuck, we gotta get it going here, guys. Let's. Let's roll here because, like, again, the, the Avs game. I just want to touch on Markstrom real quick because that's like, if you had survived that first period, you know, against the, the defending champs, maybe even just down one nothing. Because I think the Flames did press pretty good. At least it wasn't like one of those games like we've seen a few times this year where they get down early and then just mail it in. Like there's a, a game against like the Sabers earlier this year, or the or St. Louis, where it's like. There was nothing. It was like, do you guys even give a shit at all? So we didn't see that. We did see them push a little bit in the last two periods. So I I don't mind that. But if you hadn't got behind the eight ball with those two goals against in the first period, and I don't just want to sit here and blame Markstrom because that's always easy because they didn't play good and Colorado did dominate them. But if you're six, if your number one goalie bails you out from time to time, that was sure help. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going to happen with Markstrom. Do you think he's going to play Markstrom against Columbus? I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Well, and and games like games against Colorado, right? Daryl said they'd been tired from traveling. It's the Stanley Cup champions. It's always going to be tough. That's why you can't lose those games to Chicago or lose those games to Columbus or lose twice to Montreal. That's it's like I don't mind dropping a game to Colorado, where you get steamrolled because they're just really fucking good. I do mind when you lose to Chicago or lose to Columbus or lose to Montreal twice because those are your free bingo card markers that games like this, that's when you are so pissed that you lost those games. The uh, the only goal we score in the Colorado game is to fully on the power play. Power play mm-hmm. started to generate some some goals here. And Christ. Hey, it's, it's still frustrating. Still annoying to me. And the way they use, I don't know, the – to me, they should just let Huberto run it and say, you do whatever you want to do. Well, it looks like the Foley is now the guy running it. Eh? Yeah. He's getting all the assists on tips, shooting from that one spot. Which, hey, you know what? Like, if you're looking back throughout the season, the reason why maybe he's running it and he should maybe be the guy that runs it 
is if you look at when he gets the puck on the half boards, he opens up to the play. Thank God they're on their fucking off wings now. <laughs> like, fuck. I can't believe that took 50 games to fucking make an adjustment. Jeez. But anyway, it's when Defoy opens up, the nice thing about being on your off wing is you, you got a 360 view now, right? It's so much harder to, to do a drop back pass when you have to cross over your body. You like if you're not on your off wing, but Defoley comes in the off wing. He's a he's a threat to pass and a threat to shoot. And the reason why I think he's having success and the team's having success because of him is he starts inching, like we said before on this podcast, like look at good power plays. When they get their pucks, wherever they're on the ice, they're inching, inching, inching closer and closer to the net, trying to draw one of the defensemen to you so that you can dish it. Or if they're not going to commit, you can maybe sneak a shot through. But that's what he's been doing. And he's finding guys up front. So he's he's a threat to shoot. As long as you continue to be a threat to shoot, yeah. then you have two plays you can make. If someone commits to you to block the shot, now they've opened up another guy that's open. And then you can dish it. So I don't know. I know you've brought the point up where why don't they let Huberto – Huberto rarely touches the puck on their power play. Right? I know. It's insane. But, hey, maybe – at right now, especially if it's working with the Foley, um, because Huberto maybe necessarily is not going to act like a threat to shoot. Plus, he, he, I don't know, he just looks so lost. But it's nice to see the power play actually contributing. And like you said, I don't know that fucking penalty kill last night. Dude, the yes, penalty kills. Okay, power play contributing, but like then they blow a five on three and they didn't give in a chance on it. So still needs to be a lot better. Yeah. When was the last time we had a five on three goal, dude? I don't even think we've had a five on three this year. Franchise we? franchise history or yeah. So it feels like I honestly checked out of the Colorado game. I didn't watch much of the third period because I was sometimes you just need to walk away when you can feel that rage building. I think a lot of it benefits you a lot just be like, Yeah, I I don't do it often, but I do need to do it sometimes where I'm just like, Nope, not tonight. I'm done. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, anything else on the Tampa game? Like again, do well. That was okay. A few other things. That was one of the most. Number one, I thought it was nice to see some freaking. I don't want to sound all Jeff Ward here, but it, like some some emotion. Some you know, like Weir was getting into it with Kucherov, dude. Like that was the most engaged I've seen Weir all season. That was the that was the most engaging Flames game I've watched all season. That was the closest this team looked to like the team that we saw last year all season. Weir does not like Tampa, yeah. Fuck, does he ever? And he doesn't like Kucherov. I don't blame him. Is Kucherov like? Yeah, I love Kucherov. Unbelievable. He's a bit, of, he's a bit of a rat, though. Yeah. But he's a little bitch. He's a bit of a rat. Like he has given, he's he's given Connor a run for his money in terms of his whining, and he's dirty as shit. Yeah. So I love that Florida versus Tampa shit. Um, Uyghur waves put by to them. Of course, we don't score on the five on three, but oh, well, fuck, of course not. It was nice to see some like physicality, some guys playing like they were pissed off. Um, some scrums after the whistles. It's like that's Lucci's, what I was Lucci's fighting. That's what gosh, I was saying during the Colorado game is like, okay, if Matthew Chuck was in this team, there'd be 15 scrums, even though it's two nothing. Something he would have done something like that's what I want to see more of is like, oh, I, I love like. As much say we want about Brian Burke, but remember he said like in Calgary we like black and blue hockey, right? It's like yeah, that's what I like. I like watching games where guys play like they're fucking pissed off. 
Coleman I want to see more. Right? Dude, Coleman was, was Coleman was going after that. Was, oh man, great game from a lot of different guys. Super physical game, really entertaining game. The Flames dominated from pretty much start to finish. They didn't blow the lead. That was the most encouraging game I've seen all season. Oh my god, that penalty kill! And that how penalty. Are not, how are we not one in the league? Who has a better penalty kill than us? That's insane. Let's find out on the shitty NHL website. And just as another thing I wanted to just quickly touch on. So I was trying to find the rule book before this. Couldn't find it. It was painful. NHL website's terrible. But so I guess on that Nemestikov kicked in goal, they they said, number one, I didn't know you couldn't challenge a kick. You said it's an automatic review. I thought it's something you could challenge. I am so lost on what you can challenge. You can't challenge, I guess. Yeah, that's supposed to automatically be, re- be reviewed by Toronto. So it was Which, pretty- did, did they? I've never seen a review that quick. This is, it's like they didn't review it. The puck was dropped right away. Dude, literally, Nemestikov kicks that in, right? You see the one angle. It's like, I was like, there's no way that's a goal. It's unless a goal. It, unless and, it, did it hit something else? Well, I guess that's what happened. So poor Greg Millen must have got a little spanking from the league in the intermission because he's like, that was totally kicked in. I don't know why that's a goal. And then... Um, in the third period, he's like, oh, well, the league told me that that went off the player in front, the Flames player in front, and that's why it's a goal. What? So, okay, but, like, how does that apply? You look, you compare that to the Toffoli goal against Nashville. Toffoli he kicks it in, sure, but Saros touches it with his stick before it crosses the line. So what is the rule? Does anyone know the actual rule of that? Fuck, fuck if I know, dude. It's like you were like, okay, well, maybe if it touches a player and goes in, it counts. If it touches a goalie and goes in, it doesn't count. What kind of bullshit is that? That's insane. What's kind of, hey, this league is so stupid. We want to increase scoring. Okay, let's take away every possible way you can score. All I know is if, all I know is that for as long as I can remember last few seasons, if we Potentially kick a goal in, it never counts. Exactly. And if some team potentially Not, kicks a goal in against us, it always counts. Always. Remember that Winnipeg game in the bubble where the guy did the exact same thing Coleman did against Edmonton and it was a goal? Yeah. Fuck. Bullshit. Oh, it makes me so mad. So I don't get the rule. It's complete horseshit. I don't know why we always get hosed on those. The Flames have the fourth best penalty kill. Dallas, Winnipeg, Boston, only ones that are better. Sorry, say again? Fourth best. Who's one? Boston one, Winnipeg two, Dallas three. I don't know how it's better. Like the, ours is flawless. Yeah, ours is perfect. And there's so many good. Like, is Chris Tanev the best penalty? He was hand, oh man, he was Those made in a Captain America lab to kill penalties. <laughs> Seriously, he was genetically engineered to kill penalties as a hockey player. Yeah, he's a beast. That uh, I don't like that Coleman cross check. That was. Pretty stupid. That was, that was totally stupid. But the fact that you can kill it off four full minutes, I thought maybe that was going to come back to bite us. Oh, me not, too. And not scoring on the five on three. The five on three is in my head all game. Like I said, usually they blow those these. They didn't blow it, but I was thinking we're going to like, we're screwed now. The Lightning are going to score twice on this five on or on this four minute power play, and it's game over. Great penalty and, kill. And dude, Zadorov nailed that guy too. Oh, that was epic, dude. That was the same shift. There was a fight, wasn't it? And Sidorov did what every Flames player should have been done to Corey Perry on Domice a long time ago, which is completely ragged all him and put him in his place. Yeah, that was so much fun. It was a great game. And that's why it bugs me so much that it was ruined by all the dumb shit afterwards. That was was the best game all year. It was. That uh, whole shift where then he's laying on Perry. Yeah. (laughs) 
Exactly. Dude, there's very few. Like, he's fucking massive, Zadorov. This is the last guy you want laying on you. Zadorov just made Corey Perry his bitch there. And it was so funny when he gets up, his face, Corey Perry's like complaining to the refs, like, fuck off with your complaining, you fucking dirty rat. Eh? I wish somebody had done that to him a long time ago. That that was a beautiful shift. Yeah, Zadorov absolutely creamed him. He's a big boy, too. What was his name? What was that guy? Paul? Nick Paul just nailed him. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of uh, a lot of hatred, a lot of extra scrums. Tampa plays that way, though, which is cool. Yeah, and I like when we play that way. We play better when we play that way. Yeah, obviously. And why do you think Tampa's a cup winner? Because they play like that. They're little pieces of shit, most of them. So, I mean, you know, if you're the, the Flames, then you take these last two games. Now you got easier opponents, but you got to take these last two games. I mean, dude, you I'm cannot s- lose to Columbus again. I'm sitting there pl- when we're playing Colorado. I'm like, oh my God. They make us look so slow. They play with such a high pace. McKinnon is just, when he skates the puck up your ass, like, no one's catching this. It's like, <laughs> if we played 10 games in a row, you know, those little, you know, in the bubble where you played like five games in a row against somebody, if you played those guys 10 games in a row, we'd be probably so much faster. And then playing other teams after that, you'd be playing at a way higher pace. You got to take the last two games, the Colorado one and the Tampa one, and look at what they do. Makes them great. The pace that Colorado plays, bring that into this following week. You know, the intensity that that, uh, the Lightning play would bring that into this following week. They got to use the last two games and use them as building blocks. Well, and we keep saying this, and it's – the building blocks thing is like it always keeps happening. They have these games where it's like, yeah, hell yeah. Okay, now turn it into a streak here because look at what the Oilers are doing. They've got their shit together. Colorado's the getting their way. shit together. We need to finally take these building blocks and build something because like we've said, we keep seeing this, right? Like you you have this road trip. Nah, fuck, you lose Chicago. Then you play two really good games. You get some good wins. It's like, hey, here we go. If we can just round this up with a win against Nashville. No, terrible game. It's okay. We got a homestand. Terrible, terrible game against the Avs. It's just like they need to start getting their shit together over the long term. Like, I don't think they – what's the longest winning streak they've been on total? Like three games? Beginning of the year? I think three. Yeah, like they need to put a bigger string of wins and solid hockey together. You got the two worst teams in the league this week. You, CBJ, have, to, you have to win both of these games. CBJ and Chicago. You freaking have to win both these games. You have to. These are both must wins. Can you imagine was... Johnny beats us tomorrow? That little shit. Are you going? Probably. Kind of have to. Yeah. So, what's everybody going to do? Are we over it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't boo him. I think there'll be a good amount of boos, but I think it won't be like if he had played here earlier in the season, it probably would have been really bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, the man, the playing in for the Blue Jackets is punishment enough, I would think. Dude, what a terrible decision that was. Huh? What an idiot. You tell me he's not kicking himself? Dude. He's the worst team in the league. You send me a quote he said last night or something, and he's like, oh, it'll just be fun to play in the Dome again. He's just like, fuck me. What an idiot. Dude, he's going to come back and be like, why did I fucking leave him such a fucking idiot? He's like, if you ever watch Arrested Development, he's just like Will Arnett's character. It's like, I've made a huge mistake. He said that the second after he signed there, and you all, you know it. 
Oh, well, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I hope that it's okay to boo, but as long as he gets the ovation that he deserves. I mean, like you said. There better be an ovation for Erica Branson. Being stuck in Col- Columbus is punishment enough. <laughs> like, seriously. Hey, man, Branson. Well, I mean, Branson, he's got bank thanks to Daryl Sutter, so. Yeah. He's making $4 million a year. <laughs> he's terrible. That's crazy. All right, this Tampa, let's wrap this up. Um, what do you think of uh, Hannafin's pass to Oh God, Stam- Stamkos in the slot? Hannafin, look, he's really, that was a great game as a whole outside of that. Dude. Hannafin still worries me a bit. Totally. He's always prone. He's always prone to that just completely brain dead play. Yeah. And I mean, in the playoffs, man, there's zero room for error. So if you get a guy that does that on occasion, I'm worried about him as, you know, as if, well, I guess we got to make the playoffs first, but. Well, it's still, yeah. Him and Rass, like I've been really, I've ripped on Rassus a lot just because I sometimes don't like his dumb face. He brought his cute kid to the media yesterday. That was cute though. But, um, he again, Ras has been kind of like Darnell Nurse, except not seven billion dollars expensive. Like he's been a very good offensive player, but him and Hannafin do still cause some concerns for me um, in their own zone, especially when you play teams with lots of talent, like Colorado and Edmonton. Like I still like just man. Any any thought of playing the Avs or the Oilers or whoever in in a playoff series? Just it always makes me just like shiver when I see oh McDavid's over the boards and Hannafin Hannafin's on the ice. It's like oh boy, here we go. Hopefully they continue to to, to build. I mean they were really great last season. They're awesome last year. They've lost their way a little bit this year. Yeah. Um. Good last night though. Outside of that. Outside of that complete and utter terrible pass right into the slot to one of the best snipers that game has ever seen. It was a good game. That uh, Dubé goal? Because that makes a 4-2 a little later in the game, and it's a huge goal. Oh, we needed that bad. But to do it in that fashion, you come down and you snipe on Vasilevsky. Like, that that's was a tough snipe, dude. Dude, that's going in on any – that was – oh, and just the – the angle that, that you could, you're watching it from the camera. Oh man, it just, just looks so good. Incredible. Maybe you Hubie and Coleman get the engineers. You thought Huberto was going to pass that for sure. I wonder if they should try. I like, has Dubé played with Huberto? Because it just seems like if Huberto had a guy who was a little speedier who could snipe, like that seems like the kind of player that might help him out. Like, I don't know. Maybe Dubé is that guy. I'm not sure. Well, I know everybody's clamoring for for Daryl to change the lines up, but I don't know. Like, if you're Daryl, why would you touch the the Manji Pony back on Coleman line? The, yeah, that's been great. I, the Lindholm line is still like they were good last night, but they still have had some off nights. The thing I think it's not even the lines; it's just that obvious red thumb Lucic with Kadri and Huberto. I think that's what everybody's like. Yeah, which does still like. Yeah, it bugs me. All right. So, like we said, Columbus, Chicago coming up this week. Uh, then you got to do that stupid little travel to Seattle overnight on a back-to-back. We beat them last time. 
And then I think that must be the that's the mandated uh fuck, they got a week off. When's oh, the all star break? That's the all star break. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that's a long time off. Eight days? Could be good, could be bad. We've seen it be bad nine days. before. They got nine days off, so they must get their uh mandated five game five days off in the CBA plus they're getting it while they're doing the all-star break. So you gotta pile up wins now or else you're dropping in the standings. Well they're already like not behind the eight ball, but they have teams in front of them who have games in hand and they have teams behind them who like have the same amount of games played. Like right now the Avs have two games in hand on you and are you're tied with them in points behind in winning percentage. Like at this point you're probably not like I I don't know if Edmonton is the target anymore because I think fuck man they look like the way no. McDavid's going there's like there's we've been we've been off. making fun of it it's like oh he's got ten million points in there in a wild card spot like I guess that could have only lasted so long like he's just so good that I I don't see them I don't know but Edmonton can never get out of their own way anyways I think you're probably targeting a team more like L A at this point seems like yeah. a a, a a more realistic target. So LA's played one more game than you and has three more points than you. So yeah, that's probably who you're trying to track down. So you just, you can't screw around much longer because Colorado is a get Colorado is going to make it. I think Daryl said that, right? He's like, yeah, Colorado is going to make it. Oh, uh, dude, they're, they're turning it on now. Yeah. So they're going to make it. So it comes down. Is it going to be you and Edmonton? Is it going to be you and LA? Who is it going to be? You're going to have to track somebody down. Yep. Edmonton looks like they're just about to go in a heater. We've seen them do this before. Yeah. They just go like they did it right after goofy ass McGee coach took over last year. So maybe that's really to... all you need is like one heater. Yep. Or there's just seven, seven. If the Oilers are seven, two, and one in their last ten, if the Flames went and they've won six in a row, if the Flames put a string like that together, they'd be fine. Yeah, Oilers. If they continue at a pace like this, they could probably take the division. And then, yeah, like you said, you're looking at. I don't know Seattle. They don't seem to be going away. We'll see how they do in the second half. But like you said, it might be easier to catch LA probably and or Vegas. Uh, They might be dwindling a bit, but I don't know. You got. This week, this week's big. Uh, you need to definitely beat CBJ and and Chicago, oh, and then geez, I, ideally, hopefully, you can beat Seattle. Get six more points before this giant break, and then, uh, fuck, we'll see what what the second half brings. Cushion, cushion is a pillow. You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.